On this episode of Interest Relations, Rob and I discuss the DOJ's statement of interest in the MLS pen case and what it means for organized real estate moving forward. Let's go. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Industry Relations Podcast with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, the notorious Rob Hahn. As always with me, the fabulous Greg Robertson, who is hiding today in a hood. I don't want the DOJ to find me. What are you talking about? I, you know, here's the thing. We should welcome, I would like to send a special welcome to all of the people at the United States Department of Justice <laughs> who may be listening to this podcast because oh, man. we now know that they do. Uh, what's up, y'all? <laughs> In particular, oh, I would like to send out a, uh, a uh, kudos uh, and like legalese lawyer, uh, uh, what would you call it? lawyer crush on Jessica Leal of the Department of Justice who wrote the actual memo. And uh, I think I mentioned it in the post I just put up this morning. Just, again, forget the arguments. Just from a legal, like, motion drafting standpoint, well done. Like, clear, <laughs> easy to understand, well argued, good structure, just mm, mwah, chef's kiss. And just, just from a legal craftsmanship standpoint, so I just want to I want to say hello to our friends and uh, masters at you the gotta, Department of Justice. <laughs> Rob is big time standing here. So, <laughs> so clearly we have to talk about the uh, statement of interest because um, this podcast makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. Um, now let's let's not get let's not get too high on ourselves because you know they didn't quote either you or me. Like you and I are irrelevant to the important people at the Department of Justice. It was Ed Zorn, right, the general counsel of CRMLS, who was important, who was quoted and cited in the uh, in the report. Well, but, I, I mean that yeah. that's true, but you know, I think we gave that an audience. I think there's part of it where you and I are sussing that out and, yeah, and getting yeah. it as part of the conversation. So, I mean, I'm going to give you some credit. Um, you know, I think uh, give us some credit here. Yeah. To, to making that happen. Yeah. So um, yeah. and just I, mean, as I, a, I didn't see any other podcast referenced right. in the whole damn but, thing. So, and, yeah. and now it is evident just as a, a pitch for potential advertisers. If you need to be heard by the Department of yes, Justice, exactly. you know there's only one real estate podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. God. So uh, let's get into it, man. The moment that I feel like the industry is waiting for since – just about forever, but let's say at, at, at the you know least at least since October, right? Um, is, is here. You know when the yes. DOJ filed their intervention, said no thanks. You know we want to wait. Um, since the sister trial, I mean this has been what everyone's been waiting for. It's here, and um, it's kind of what we've been predicting, right? I mean, well, it's, yes and no. Let me let me okay. push back yeah, a little yeah. bit on that because I think. What we all were predicting is we would get uh, another um, statement from the DOJ that was just really, really kind of fuzzy. And that's been mm, a complaint yeah. overall. And we talked about it in that actual podcast, yes. right? So we talked about how, you know, even Ed had said, well, I wouldn't expect a lot because they're 
famously don't want to give too much detail. Well, we got detail. We got detail. Right? Yeah. We got detail yeah. on this one. Yeah. So hats off the to the DOJ again. Yep. That this is just going to help everybody understand where they're coming from. If we have to do any settlements, yep. not spin our wheels and know yep. this is what has to be on the table yep. and, and therefore not have to go this back and forth a lot. So I think it's in the, I think it's a fantastic sure. um, thing to happen. And we sure. didn't predict that part for, for sure. We you, you're right. The, the, this, the clarity clear. was, yeah. uh, was above what we expected. Okay. So, uh, let's actually the top line is again, obviously anyone's listening to this by the time this podcast is published has probably read all the media coverage about it. But top line, here's what the the actual statement says. It basically goes, we uh, urging the court to reject the settlement, just flat out reject it between MLS pin and the plaintiff's lawyers, uh, the plaintiffs in this case, uh, throw it entirely out and then redo the whole thing. All right. And the reasoning for it was basically that the proposed uh, relief, proposed remedies, both monetary and injunctive, were inadequate in the Department of Justice opinion. And they're intervening because they're like, we're the national, you know, whatever federal police like, agency that's charged with, you know, the nation's laws and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So long and short of it is anything that's you know, going to pre to sort of preserve the ability of sellers to offer anything to the buyer's agent, and I think including to the buyer directly is a no go. Yep, Department of Justice is just not going to have it. Um, and then, sort of tied to that is, if you're going to have sort of weak injunctions, you have to have enormous monetary damages. And one of the points they were making is three million bucks is chump change. This is the lawyer just kind of doing a payday run. And remember when I first wrote about this, I, I was like, the DOJ's objection is real kind of, it's not clear. They weren't saying anything. They weren't telling the lawyer anything. That was in the lawyer's response. Like, we went to the DOJ. What do you want? They wouldn't tell us. And I remember theorizing at the time, I think it's because the Department of Justice doesn't trust this lawyer. And this statement of interest, this memo sort of makes that pretty clear. Um, so there's... A little yeah, bit of I drama mean, on that side. Yeah, of things. I don't but think that side is, is relevant to all the for you know, us. The for the rest stuff, of us, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But before, but I do have to touch on this point. Um, one of the things that the DOJ sort of really pointed out was that this settlement would have immunized all of the shareholders of MLS Pin, right? Yes. Who are a lot of brokerages in that area, and it actually said. Some of whom were on the were officers of MLS Pin, or were on the board. They were directors of MLS Pin during the period where this rule was in place. So I put this on Twitter as well, and I'm just like, "Yo, if you thought you were going to clear, and you have served on the board of MLS Pin the last say five to six years, or if you're an officer, um, the Department of Justice is coming for you. They're not going to let you off. They're not going to let you just kind of be immunized under some umbrella thing." Just be aware of that, right? And yes, call your attorney and this would be a good time to panic. Otherwise, why would you mention it like that? Well, so, I don't know if they're coming after you, but don't but don't don't feel like you you know, um that you have immunity or you have anything else. It's not right. it's not it's not we're coming after you. It's more like, hey, you don't have immunity. At some point, Something could happen to you, but not a yeah, yeah, full yeah, on. Yeah. We're coming after you. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're, you're All right. right. I, I apologize. Yeah. I 
I hy- hyperbolic, right? But my right you, is, I don't you I know, Rob, right? huh? that's shocking. Imagine shocking. Imagine. <laughs> uh, but I I don't mean come after you like they're going to start filing criminal charges, right? I meant like they're not going to let some some settlement where those people who were in charge of MLS pen while this rule while this thing was happening are going to just kind of get off scot free. I don't yeah. think they're going to be for that. So for the rest of us, right, what we care about is what this now means going forward, right? And what the United States government, the Department of Justice, what their position is. And I think we got some very, very clear signals, right? One of them was something you and I have been talking about on this podcast, and I've been writing about for five years, which is steering, right? This yeah. entire thing is going to be all about steering, right? And if you got nothing else away from this memo, what you're going to have to get is – the Department of Justice knows about it. They've talked about it. They said this phenomenon, very common, is known as steering. And they're saying any sort of injunction, any sort of settlement has to prevent that. Okay. So let's, let us let me break that apart because yeah. I think in previous discussions, you and I have gone a little bit opposite sides of this because I, I my argument has always been, well, you got Zillow, you got Redfin, you got Homes.com, yep, you yep. got Realtor.com. <laughs> It's all out there. How can yep. any agent right now kind of yep. um, steer anybody when all yep. the information there is 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 public now, right? And I think from that standpoint, I was looking at things from a very binary point where you're either going to show the house, you're not going to show the house. That's right. And to go back to what you said before, um, the, the the person, the lady that wrote this, right. they went on to expand exactly what what steering means and how – we might not think of it where it's just not, it's not about just showing a house or what's not showing a house. It's like, right. well, you know, this house, it, the condition isn't so good. The amenities aren't so good. They could do other ways, not just as I was thinking, show a house or not show a house, right. but, but mention things that would put the, 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 the house that had a lower commission rate in a, mm-hmm. in a worse light than one that, that, would serve their needs, but being a higher light. So I appreciated that because it made me kind of expand my, my thought process and what, yeah. what steering is and what, yeah. and what techniques are, uh, are, are upon that. Right. But, but mostly yeah. um, I think that there's a deeper level to this and, you know, you may, and again, I'm, you may have like already thought of this, but again, just reading this, it made me kind of enlighten me. And, you know, I've been talking to a few birdies here out, little birdies out there, but uh, it's this specter that the seller has had is threat. This, this fear. Yeah. You know, if we don't offer X amount, we might not get that. So it's more the it's more less than the the steering than it is really the fear of steering, the fear sure. of that they're putting the specter in there that 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 could happen. And um, sure. I think that's that I wasn't connecting the steering part with like how the seller. And again, I don't want to say that this has been nefarious or this. This is just a practice, you know, that we've been doing for so long, it seems normal. Right. But, mm-hmm, right. but you can see how that practice could be abused because they use that as a, as a, as a way of, of scaring, um, uh, uh, uh people into paying more commission. Right? right. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. The, so a couple of notes about that. One is, um, the department of justice really did their homework here. 
And and I understand well, yeah, they, that they, they cited some great sources. Um, yeah, maybe. No, I mean I understand that like <laughs> people obviously within the industry aren't going to agree with the Department of Justice conclusion. They're not going to agree with the analysis. They're not going to agree with the argument, right? But you know, you, you we've seen this over the past five years. Like these lawyers don't know how real estate works. They don't know a thing about. I'm like, actually, they do. They just don't agree with your conclusion of what that then should lead to. Right? Yeah, it's just that yeah. they know actually how this works. The Department of Justice done their homework. They know. And so like the specific section you talk about was like buyer broker can steer their clients several ways. Decide which property to show, which is the whole Zillow thing. Like that's, that's nonsense. That's what, they can discourage, encourage bids, and they can decide how vigorous to pursue a property. Meaning, oh, you want to put an offer in that. And then I'm just kind of lackadaisical, right? <laughs> I don't really respond to questions back from the sellers, you know, listing agents. Oh, agent. I sent it the wrong email address? Oh. Yeah, whoopsie, right? There's so many things that a buyer agent could do, right, because of this compensation steering thing. Um, so they, they know. They know the games that can be played. And they're, I think what they're just coming out and saying is, look, we just, we just want to eliminate all of that, right? Whatever rule you guys come up with, has to eliminate steering. And when you think of it those ways, there really is only, I don't know, I can only think of one way to do that, only a couple of different ways of doing that. But it fundamentally comes down to that the seller and the listing agent is no longer allowed to offer anything yep. to the buyer or the buyer agent. So you know how we talked about all these different schemas and one was one that's been really popular over the last year is, okay, the listing agent is no longer going to offer anything in compensation. Instead, it will be the seller offering to not even a buyer's agent. That's Northwest MLS. That's and we could talk about like the DOJ just just wiped the floor with all of those, right? Yeah. But now you're going to offer it to the buyer, right? And then the buyer can say, okay, I'm going to pay this like something along those lines. And that's what I thought would be okay. And people have raised like constitutional issues, like the government can't prevent you from offer. You know what I mean? Like. They can't interfere with interpersonal to that level. Okay. What the OJ is coming out, at least in a settlement context where constitutional issues aren't as big a thing because there's two parties agreeing. What they're saying is the seller no longer offers anything, but the buyer can make a request. Right. And the Department of Justice flat out says then this preserves the current scheme in terms of the financing, in terms of all that, because the commission will be rolled up into the sale price of the home. Yeah. The yeah. seller would just, you know, pay it and then it would right? So you don't I need mean, well, as right? Ed said in the podcast, you know, it would be exactly like mm -hmm. any sort of settlement closing meeting right. he's ever been to, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then you don't need to go and uh, lobby Fanny and Freddie to allow yeah. for, you know, you don't need any of yeah. that. You just, yeah. the buyer says in my offer, here's my offer, Greg, for $1 million. I need a, I need you to give me $150,000 to pay my agent. Yeah. And what the DOJ points out is in that scenario, all that the seller has to do is just like compare different offers and go based on net, right? Or go based on whatever the whole rate. Here's two offers. One's for a million asking for a hundred thousand here. This one's asking for it's nine fifty, but it's not asking for any compensation. I'll take the nine fifty. you know, like, yeah. so they're saying it could happen that way. Um, and I think it's worth sort of talking about from our standpoint, from the industry, right? Again, hi, DOJ. So let's think about what this now <laughs> means as a buyer agent, 
right? Right. I think I think and, there's some positive things for buyer agents in this scenario. Okay, talk to me. What, what's your thinking? Like, how does this play out? If the, if the buyer can request to the seller through the offer, right? How do you think this plays out? Yeah. So, okay. So now let's say that you're a buyer's agent now and you're just constantly up against these noobs that don't know what they're doing, but because the kind of commission is baked in and um, because it's a seller's market, right? It just happens, right? Um, right. Now, first of all, it, these noobs have got to be good at negotiating and, and touting themselves. And what are they going to tout themselves with if they're noobs and they're not really having? Probably right. not a lot, right? But if you're an experienced agent, you have more leverage there to say, listen, that guy, I mean, the guys that have been over here, the only reason he's here is because he was selling his mother's house to a year ago or whatever, sure, right? Sure. Um, so uh, I think a, a buyer's agent can sure. uh, finally kind of showcase um, their value, right? So I think that's uh, definitely in a in a seller's market. Um, I think that the buyer's agents go up as far as mm -hmm. commission or not commission, but they can showcase their value. Um, but I think on the seller side, the sellers, the sellers agents. Commission is probably going to go down. Maybe I mean uh, that that so so the seller and the listing agent will take that second half. The thing okay. that I'm curious right. about is, and this goes right into the whole conversation on buyer agency agreements, right? That the industry has now been pushing for a long time. That's like this is a solution to this commission thing because you are going to lock your buyer client into paying you no matter what happens, right? And some of these buyer agreements that I've been reviewing and writing about. Are flat out abusive, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, shameless. If, if I were, shameless. It's shameless. And if I were advising my son, or if I, you know, if Sonny and I were looking, like, I would never sign that agreement. That's fucking yeah. nonsense. It's 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 unconscionable. So no, I'm not going to sign it. That's a whole separate thing. Well, but, but listen, about, if if we yeah. go down the road that the DOJ is saying, where they're completely separate, every buyer's agreement that's out there now has to be rewritten. Of course, but that's yeah. kind of what I'm getting at. So assume there's yeah. a buyer's agreement, okay? But leave aside the really abusive shit. And I've, I'm, let's say I go in, I'm an experienced buyer's agent. I say, hey, listen, 25-year experience. Here's my track record. And my buyer's like, okay, you, I want to hire you. You seem like the guy, right? How do you have this conversation then, right, With, in light of this rule that the DOJ wants to set up where there's no compensation unless we ask for it in the offer, Right. So then as a buyer's agent, do I go, listen, uh, my normal rate is 2%, 3%, whatever it is, but obviously we're just going to ask the seller for it, right? I mean, I see a bunch of different things that happen. And then that conversation that agent would then have to have with the buyer upfront while talking about the buyer agency agreement gets a little tricky, right? Because if, again, let's assume that the buyer agent is not a scumbag and is not trying to take advantage of like some first time mm -hmm. home buyer, right? Let's say they explain. So the downside of this, of course, is your offer will be less competitive against other offers who aren't asking for that amount. Do you see what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, that's called capitalism, right? I mean, correct. Correct. Yeah. So then I feel like in order to accommodate you, you'd have to go with some sort of a mix Right. And the DOJ kind of talked about flat rates and hourly. Like they want to see this diversity of business models and then see competition happen. There's right? there is diversity of business models right now, but whatever. Okay. Are there? Yeah. I mean Redfin, 
I mean, the no, discount broker. There's everybody's out there. I mean, nah, sure, nah, not nah, commission. Nah. You can list for five hundred dollars with some some well, brokers. You're still talking I'm saying buy side, buy side. Apart from I right. refund you some of the money, there's no real diversity, right? What I'm getting at is under this, I think that buyer agent, again, doing the legitimate, honest thing, would likely have to go listen. This is what I think it's going to cost me to help service you. You know, the typical sales search is going to be three months. I have to spend 60 hours, you know, roughly. So we'll call it, you know, I'm 100 bucks an hour, let's say. So it's $6,000. So you know what? Here's what I need. I need you to write me a check for 6000 like as a retainer. Okay. When we request, it will negotiate that compensation back and forth. Whatever I get, I'll return the 6000 back to you. I yeah, think that's, that's probably the way it's going to have to go. I don't think so. I mean, if you're, if I just talking with agents and how they were upset about the buyer paying anything, because the buyers are, I mean, they've stretched every fucking dollar sure. they can to sure. get there. To come up with any money up front is going to be a non starter, I think. So it's going to, you know. Sure. Then, then yeah, you have I look, mean, so then fine, you pay nothing, and then I, we're going to ask for this, right? In order to right justify my risk, maybe. And again, then the only thing you have to do is point out your offer may listen, not be I as mean, competitive. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is you have to, the buyer's agent has to reflect. Like, listen, we're we're in a in a seller's market right now, so we've got sure. twenty other competition against right. us, right? And like the reason you're hiring me is because I'm going to get our offer accepted. Okay, uh, you're okay. not going to go time and time and time again at going house to house to house. Sure, I'm going to get it done. Sure, right. And for that, I'm I'm going to expect X. Sure, right? that's they've got to really showcase your and, and deliver but, but Greg, on it too, right? Okay, Greg, but let's play this out. Okay, but Greg, that's great. You're going to get my offer. So how are we doing that when I'm going to be disadvantaged by three percent? Right. Well, what do you the mean? Seller is going to I mean, look at my offer and another offer. I'm asking him for three percent compensation to pay you, right? The other guy is not. How how are you going to get my offer accepted by the seller? Right. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know why you have to go hard fast what that thing is because it is going to be a different model out there. But sure. but again, whatever. Right. But whatever it is, I'm going to get it done. Okay. And okay. and if it take if it's going to take three two. Four, or I'm after throwing a fucking car with it or whatever. If you want this, I'm the guy to make that deal get done, right? I don't think you can like sure. cherry pick whatever that is. It's just sure. the individual is going to make sure that happens. A noob, sure. a person sure. that's doing it part-time is not going to know the market, know the agents on the other side, know what it's going to take sure. to get that done. I mean, so I think they're, again, they can again <clears throat> showcase their value when, when now it's just like, you know, it's just, it's just baked in, right? Yeah. It's just baked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it, I think this ends up being a positive overall. I, I mean, just, the, the real thing, and I yeah. I know we're talking about buyers, but the real problem, I think, in a seller's market at least, it's going to be for the sellers. Sure, you know, getting right. uh, the seller's agent. I think getting right. their their compensation is really at risk. But that's exactly where this now goes next, right? Because what the Department of Justice wants is they want to eliminate steering, right? And the steering is positioned as. The buyer, you know, agent kind of tricking his It goes duties. away. Yeah, But you're exactly away. right. The real problem is the fear of steering where the listing yeah. agent has to say, well, listen, you're my client. I'm going to do what's right for you. But so I have just have to be honest about this. If you don't offer something to like all the buyers. In other words, what the listing agents pitch essentially comes out to this. All of the buyer mm -hmm. agents in our market are crooked, are corrupt crooks. 
Okay. I mean, it's completely anti-realtor, but this is literally the, the argument. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you know, like that's literally what you have to tell the, the, the your seller, your clients. Like, they're, listen, they're, if what we they're don't... saying is they're putting a fear that that's the case. Correct. They're not stating if, that's uh, the look, case. Right. If, if, in other words, like I'm the listing agent. Let's say I go to you, Greg, and Greg, you're selling your house, and I'm blah blah blah. I've proven my value, and you know what? I think given the price of your home and the amount of effort, I think I could get this sold for one percent. Fuck it, I could get it sold for five thousand dollars flat fee. Right. And you're like, that seems good. All right. So you and I are set. The very next thing out of my mouth in a steering type environment has to be, however, however, right? So this isn't about me getting paid. As your agent, I just have to tell you, if you don't play ball with the buyer agents, no one's going to show your house. No one's going to – like we're going to have problems. You're going to have a difficult time getting the type of price you want in the time frame you want. So so then the issue becomes now the total compensation, the total commission amount that you're paying as a seller goes up. And that's the Department of Justice whole thing. So now let's say, okay, we're in the new world, right? Where the deal, this rule now becomes part yeah. of the NAR settlement or the injunction and sits or what have you, right? No more offers of anything from the seller. Yeah, they don't the have buyer that tool can anymore. Request. What's that? Yeah. Right. It just, they don't have so that the tool MLS anymore. no longer has that field. Yeah. There's no more fields about uh, whatever. You can't put into the private remarks, hey, my seller is willing to pay you $10,000 or give you a vacation, like none of it, right? Think of it like almost like RESPA, right? Like you're not allowed yeah. to do it, period. It's commercial okay. real estate, basically. It's commercial real estate. Sure. It goes to that. Now, the buyer can still make a request, right? Now, the listing agent goes like this. Hey, uh, given all this, I can sell your house for $5,000. And you go, cool. That sounds good to me. End of discussion. And then my conversation with you is, now, we may get offers that request money out of your pocket to pay the buyer's agent. We'll evaluate those as they come in. Yep. Right. And we'll evaluate those. Uh, you know, again, it's not just about net dollars, it's about terms, it's about all these other yep. things. And I, as your agent, will sit down with you and evaluate the seven offers we got. And then you'll pick the one that you it's want. It's completely separate, right? Completely separate. Completely but separate. Yeah. Here's where you're right. I do think it means commission compression on the listing side. Yeah. For a big chunk of the inventory out there. In other words, I do think there's certain, like New England is filled with these, right? Yeah, like this house was built in 1792 and like <laughs> historic neighborhood. Like, okay, you know what? You're probably going to want to hire like the most experienced, <laughs> best yeah. realtor in the world. You know what I mean? Like who knows everything and about carpenter. it. And, and a carpenter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, okay, right? But if you're, Living in some new development that was built in 2004 and it's a, you know, tracked home that's one of four plans. Like, do you really need that? Right. Well, here's the thing. What, what happens is, and, 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 and think about the industries in our, our business that this disrupts, right? So the, the sellers, uh, the seller's agent no longer has this fear tool to, to implement, right? That's right. So the seller himself goes, okay, well, Judy sold her house in three days. Phil sold his house in two days. Right. That guy sold his house in, in, in one day. So I want to sell my house and you want it. And it's a million bucks. You, you want me to pay you $60,000 to, to do that? Or 30, well, my 000. marketing, my this and that. And like, and, and I think this will be a great blog post right. title. So I'm going to use this later. Hey man, leave your drone at home. Okay. 
I'll pay you five grand to do this. It's going to take you two days work and let's get this fucking thing done. Otherwise I'm going to, I'm going to grab my, my daughter's marker set, get, you know, go get a foam core board and put for sale in the front. Right. Because, and what is the seller going to do? How can they make an argument? Are they going to argue? Well, well, it, I know it only took two days, but it was because of the fabulous marketing I did, or it's only took one day for them because it was, you know, the, 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 the open house. Well, it would sold before the open house, right? So it just, it really does take something out of their, uh, their, their, their quiver, you know, to, to kind of uh, combat that, right? Sure. So, yeah. Sure. Now, here's, again, I want to go back to this because you and I have mentioned this a whole bunch of times. I really do believe that experienced agents have enormous value. On yeah. the listing side, if you, if you work with a real top pro, I actually think they deserve whatever they're getting paid, right? And a commission does make sense for them because I'm saying, look, I want to get the most money. You want me to get the most money, and I'm going to reward you for getting me the most money. What that percentage is, how that's structured, that's going to be between the listing agent and the seller. I'm just pointing out, I think what we end up with is like a little bit, a lot more diversity on the listing side as well, meaning you've got a unique property. It's a farmhouse in yeah. Massachusetts built yeah. in the Niche. 1700s. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you should hire the guy who's going to charge you 3% and half of it will be upfront. Like I'm going to write a check for $15,000 upfront, right? To pay you as a retainer. And then at the end of it, I'm going to pay the remainder. Do you know what I mean? Like based on a 3%, something along those lines, because I need the very, very best. And that guy's going to bring multiple drones and, Whatever, right? Yeah. Whatever. I, I don't right. even know. Whatever, right? We're going to have a I seance have a, here. Correct. I, I've got a secret <laughs> list of like wealthy families who's been in this area for seven generations. Like whatever. Whatever it is that you're going right, to bring to right. the table, I'm going to pay for that. But again, if I've got a run-of-the-mill tract home and it's not a – like I don't need that guy. I need like that guy's junior assistant. It's like, look, $10,000 – Here's what I'm going to do for you. And then I just go back and forth. Do I need all that? You know, leave the drone at home. Can we do it for 7500 The guy goes, sure. Whatever, right? We figure that out. All the way down to, I don't know, maybe I've got a one-bedroom condo and it looks exact. it's exactly the same, right? So I just go hire somebody for 50 bucks an hour to just kind of put in the MLS and like just hang out and do tours. I, you know, and I think that will happen on the listing side. On the buy side, I think we see very similar things happening. Yeah, And the key to all of it is we just get rid of steering. And that's what the DOJ wants now. Or fear of steering I don't know how we argue against this. No, it, you, it is. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, and again, beautifully written as far as how they kind of suss this out in, in, the, in the statement. Um, and, and, you know, here's the thing that I struggle with. It's like, and I've said this before, it's sometimes we got to, as an industry, look ourselves in the mirror, mm -hmm. right? And say, were we complicit? Did we, I don't, I don't really think there's a nefarious thing to this. Right. But, but we've seen what the, you know, we, we went on a model, we've seen the consequences. Then what, what's interesting here is that we made a change like, you know what? Okay. You, you're right. We should, be more transparent. We did that. Northwest MLS and some others. Northwest MLS being the, the longest one. Sure. But we can see, you know what? That really didn't do anything. Right. So there's been this kind of gradual progression. Right. And now the DOJ is basically saying, okay, guys, the gig is up. Right. Right. Um, we, we, you enough know, we've got the, enough is enough. We've got to make these types of things. And I just don't, 
you know, I don't, I don't want to say morally, but I mean, th- th- there's a, there's a strong argument. I think uh, this, you know, this, this solves a lot of problems. It this really solves, does. you know, you know, with, with the industry at home, you have to be good. You, you know, uh, you might be a good part-time agent. Those are probably pretty rare, but I mean, it's, it's going to solve a lot of issues that I think we've had here. Um, It'll create some and, new problems, how, of course, right? Sure. It'll be a I mean, well, you know, think, I think about, again, I think a lot of times on this podcast and other things, I'm, I'm in the role of the vendor, right? I mean, if, if you're in a seller's market right now and you're selling these listing marketing packages <laughs> and you're just, you want to justify that expense to your, to your, um, your seller, um, as I said, leave the Joan at home, man. You're not going to have those kind of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, to do that, or maybe that's the way you differentiate yourself. I I don't know, right? But, but I I think of I mean on the on the lead side, right? For if you're selling leads to buyers agents, um, now it might be actually that might be a big boon because now um, agents that know they have value will get in the game because the 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 noobs that were just buying them and didn't have any expertise will leave because oh shit I hate competing with Phil down the street he always gets he always gets those buyers because he's got more experience than I. So I mean yeah there there's a lot of things I I, I worry about but I can see both sides of it being a negative and a positive. So we'll yeah. have to just the market decides. Yeah yeah and look Thomas Sowell you know one of my great uh, heroes like he's very fond of saying there are no solutions there are only trade-offs right so sure we'll eliminate steering right and we'll have a different set of problems yeah right? and we'll we'll figure out what those are but you know what it would be <laughs> nice to have some different set of problems yeah and see what how we're going to solve that now here's the thing that I'll point out though I'm agreeing generally that I think the vast majority of brokers and agents out there in the field, like there's no nefarious, there's no, and I made this point. <clears throat> I was on a podcast with uh, Byron Lazine at a broke agent, and I made this point, which was like, look, I think the overwhelming thing that the average working broker and agent on the street needs, like, stop commenting on the damn lawsuit. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, just just stop. And, and, and I have a very they're specific listening. example. They're listening. This. They're listening. Right. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I'm reading through this statement of interest. And in the footnote, they cite one blog post by one agent on a single agent website like that we've seen tens of thousands of these, right? And I'm not even sure if he wrote it. He might have hired some fucking AI engine to write the damn thing. (laughs) But in it, he says something about like the seller pays my cost. And the Department of Justice cited that one blog post as an example as to why the courts reject this. I'm like – so if I'm a broker, if I'm an agent, unless you really inform, shut right? up. Yeah. If you, unless you're really informed, that you really uh, could like just shut up, right? It's not it doesn't help you. But what yeah. you need to be doing is talking about like you need to trust me. Like I just grew up in this system, right? There's no nefarious anything going on here. This is just something we've always done. But if we have to do something differently, no problem. I'm still going to take care of your interests, no matter what the system, right? And yeah. we'll figure out how I get paid. I'm not concerned, but I'm concerned about helping you. And if I provide that value, I know you as a fair American consumer would want to pay me, right? Having said all that, I'm reading through the history part of this. By the way, again, did I mention the Department of Justice, their homework? Like some of the things I would like to – like when they I brought some receipts, of the, as, as they some say of the in crazies the business, going right? on, I'm like, this isn't as if the 6% commission, this scheme – you know, appear out of nowhere. We have a hundred years of history, and Department of Justice goes through 
1939, NAR yeah. formed a uniform commission committee, and they mandated a five percent commission, which then well, became six percent. It wasn't, called, it wasn't called the NAR back then, but yeah, it was exactly. called the National Association of Real Estate Boards, right? Yeah. So this was mandatory in the 30s and 40s. 1950, United States Supreme Court says you can't do that. Sherman Antitrust, like Supreme Court. So what happens? And then they talk about it. It took two decades of more litigation by the Department of Justice, you know, and they list United States Prince George's County Board of Realtors in 1970, Long Island Board of Realtors in 1972, LA Realty Board in 1973, Metro MLS in 1974. So the Department like, we, we have a Supreme Court saying you can't do this anymore and we still have to go after y'all in the 70s to try and get you the right thing. Yeah. And then in 2008, uh, National NAR in 2008, multiple listing services Hilton Head Island in 2008, consolidated MLS in 2009. They had to do it another three or four lawsuits, right? And here we are. I think – so part of this is I do actually kind of think there is an element of nefarious manipulation that did happen in the industry. And I think it was sometime in the late 70s through – the place I would just just point a finger at is sometime in the early 2000s. And I wrote about this, Greg. We haven't talked about it, but it's um, uh, Brian Larson. Remember he wrote a series of articles in the early aughts, early 2000, when he was still at uh, Larson's Baca for MLS Tesseract. Then he published an in talking about, hey, you know, now that we are in this new world of buyer agency, maybe we should move past cooperative compensation. Right. And he was so on the money. He was such a visionary. And again, this isn't some bomb thrower. This isn't, you know, Consumer Federation of America. This isn't somebody who's against it. He is the industry, but he's a lawyer, right? He's a former almost exec. And he said, look, and he went through the history. Cooperation back in 1930s and 50s and 60s, 70s meant sub agency. Once you go to buyer agency, it doesn't make sense anymore for the listing agent to share his commission with you. We should change this. No one listened to it. Why? Well, yeah. I mean, no. The the industry, the boards, NAR have no, um, you know, nefarious or not. I mean, you know, you just pick up a copy of The Color of Law. I mean, there's been a lot of sure. things, you know, redlining sure. and everything else that have been done in real estate that sure. that none of us should be proud of, right? But, sure. But things have to change, right? So, uh, you know, right. um, you know but, so wait, everything but, evolves and this is a good thing to happen. And, and it takes, it, it takes is. some sort of either social change or it takes, it takes big lawsuits. It takes a lot of things for these things to kind of come out of it, right? So, um, there, there's, I'm saying there's no, we there's no name innocence here. This. No, we got to name names. We got to actually find the source. And here's what I'm getting at. A lot of this that, that we're dealing with today and the brokers and agents out in the field have to deal with today is a result of decisions by the bureaucracy. Why? Because they, they wanted to keep member numbers high, right? And cooperation compensation, the MLS, was the way that they saw, here's how we keep the membership roles high. So one of the immediate impacts of something like this and why NAR is fighting so hard against this, why it's because... If you no longer have compensation in the MLS, it drops the value of the MLS, right? And it drops the ability for realtor associates to like lock members in. 
That's going to be the next big wave of fight on this. But fact of the matter is, if there's nefariousness anywhere, is that the bureaucracy of real estate, of organized real estate, wanted to keep their jobs and wanted to keep expanding. That's yeah, it. But but here's the here's the thing. It's like we now know that anything any settlements that they're trying to do, and everybody's trying to do settlements, it hasn't been done yet, but we know it's gonna happen. But any settlement that does not remove Steering. the MLS being part of any sort of cooperation that you know it ha- it can't facilitate anything is gonna be rejected by the DOJ. So this is right. something that an immovable force, well, meaning I, a immovable object, right? So I don't, quite I don't know. Yeah, okay. I don't quite agree. Let me well, explain. Shocking again. Yeah, I know. No, let me explain. I think any 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 settlement, any rule that keeps the MLS doing compensation will be rejected. I think the DOJ is fine with the cooperation piece. In other words, so CMLS oh, yeah, yeah. is out there, right? CMLS is out yeah. there writing white papers talking about the value of the MLS as like the one yeah. source for. I don't think the DOJ is great with that. What they're saying is fine. Be the source of info. Just don't create steering. Yeah. No, I, I, I wasn't saying anything otherwise. I was just saying okay. that they have it's to like cooperation. Yeah. It's like no, no. It's the I, compensation. I meant compensation. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, meant yeah, compensation. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I agree. One hundred percent. So if you know, that. so NAR can do whatever they want, but they now we now know it is now clear. It has been put in on ink on pixels, whatever. Um, right. That <laughs> this is this is bare minimum of what has to happen. And I mean, again, are they going to, I mean, what legs do we have to stand on here? I mean, it's, I mean, I I would want to see the arguments they come up to say, no, this, this fear of steering is nonsense. Um, I I could tell you the two or three that I've already heard is something we've already heard for many, many years, right? One is if you don't allow sellers to pay compensation, this disadvantaged first time buyers and, you know, minorities and blah, blah, blah. We, we've already and talked the, about that. That, that's, that's, that, that concern right. is taken away. Correct. The DOJ is like, that's cool. You could just ask for compensation. That, that concern is gone. All right. The second one is this will destroy the MLS and therefore will create more chaos. And instead of going to a single place and getting all the available properties for sale, you have to go to each and every broker. That I don't, I don't think see that happening. Yeah. That, the department is just like, that's fine. To keep your, you know, MLS piece, just don't do compensation in it. What I'm getting at, though, is from looking at this from an industry standpoint, when people talk about everything's going to shift, everyone's putting the blame on like brokers. And I'm like, the brokers and agents are blameless. They just grew up in the system, right? If we're going to place blame anywhere, it actually does have to be on the bureaucracy of organized real estate, who had a vested interest in keeping the system going, not just to keep commissions high, right, which they might to do member protection, but because it fed their own, like it just inflated member numbers. The National Association of Realtors, 1.6 million members. How many of them are actually doing business? Yeah, I mean, this is an old topic for us, right? for sure. Maybe 300,000. Yeah. What's, what's yeah. been the complaint from, from within the industry of working realtors for the last 30 years, for as long as I've been in the industry, for as long as you've been in the industry? The biggest complaint is why are there so many incompetent and ethical morons on the other side? Yeah. Right? And they're all realtors. Right, and Again, then you want to talk about license law, all this stuff. Like, fine, but what it all feeds into that at the end of the day is we have an organization for trade associations, right? Where like there's enormous staff. Why? 
Right? For what? And how are you affording San Diego, like, how is that possible? Why? Well, it's because the MLS. Well, how does the MLS do it? Because of compensation. When that gets chopped out, the immediate impact will be, I think, on organized real estate, first and foremost. Yeah, and I mean, some- again, if, if agent count goes down, again, this is what I was saying in the beginning. This solves yeah. so many problems for us. Because if agent co- count comes down, there's not going to be as many resources. But also, the the agents that are leaving are probably the ones that can't compete, which is a good thing because the ones that can't compete, the ones that are more competent will be there. So this whole right. raise the bar thing, cut it all kind of self you sure. know, balances I think, itself. I, I, here, I right? think the market so, will solve itself. Now, here's the point right. I do want to make. because again, So what I, you're saying, though, I think is that what are going to be the last throws of this bureaucratic beast, you know, bureaucratic beast that wants to keep know. its power and, and, and come up with any argument – yeah. Um, they can. And, yeah. and maybe there's going to be some valid ones. I, I you know, I, I, maybe I'm, no. I'm interested to find out, but it just doesn't seem to me um, this reading this latest thing is like, we've got to just look ourselves in the mirror and say, it's time to make a change. It's time to make a change. And I think for the brokers and agents out there, it's time to understand what this change really is going to mean. It means that they're going to probably have to compete, but the ones that are out there doing business, I, re- I just genuinely don't think they have anything to be concerned about. Yeah. Right? If you've been a producing agent doing 12 transactions a year, 30 transactions a year, you know, like I just don't see consumers, buyers or sellers going like, I'm never going to use you. Like, I just don't see that. There's, There's going to be they, some compression on commissions for sure. But there'll I mean, be some comp- right. But you know what? Yeah. They're going to make up for it in volume, right? Because now you don't have to deal with the morons, right? Now, the point that I'm trying to make is it's all the linkage. And the first place we have to begin is, okay, wh- what caused all this problem? And I'm bringing it back to 2000. Why didn't we change our rules in 2000, right? Why didn't we? When it was, became very obvious, hey, we went from sub-agents to buyer agency, compensation used to be set aside, and that fell on completely deaf ears. And NAR didn't pass those rules. Why? Because NAR said we are – because here's the thing. In 70s, there's no pressure to. No, not just that, but there's pressure to go the other way because they just want the numbers to go up. In 1976, I think it was, NAR changed its rules that says that said every agent could be a realtor. Before that point, only broker owners could be realtors, right? And again, there's history behind this. Like, it would be good for us all as an industry in 2024 to understand the historical roots of some of this and to go back to, okay, what worked, what didn't. I think what we're heading back to is something more like the original, because if you don't need realtor associations to get MLS access, which I think will be the near future, then I think people are going to go, well, I still want to join. Why? Because of the lobbying, because of community, because of other things. But then it becomes a voluntary thing, right? You don't feel like you're forced to join. That's got to be really good. And I think there's enough people in the organized real estate infrastructure, because you and I know a whole lot of AEs and a whole lot of MLS people who we know to be competent, really good people who actually would love to see something like this happen because they're like, I can run my association with just me and like one staffer and we will do a much better job and we don't need like these layers of bureaucracy. We just don't, right? And I don't love being a bureaucrat. I love being of service to my members. Those people will be fine, right? Those people will be fine. But it does mean we're going to have to have pretty serious reduction on the sort of bureaucratic overload on the shoulders of agents, right? And again, we could talk about corrupt organizations, right? Like 
it, it appears like San Diego. Or we could talk about just this just the way it's always been. The number of times as a consultant when I went and I'm talking to some MLS and they have 26 shareholders and one of their shareholders has 24 members and they're operating out of a fucking container. You know what I mean? Like, it, like <laughs> with a part-time yeah. associate. I'm like, why do you exist? Why aren't you just merging with, you know? And it's some whatever local bullshit. And, and a lot of times, you know what it ends up being? It ends up being like some AE who spent 30 years in that job, can't do any other, just hanging on for dear life for retirement. Like that is not a reason for a realtor association to exist, right? That is not a reason yeah. for MLS to exist, to provide a job or a pension for some, like, I'm sorry, like that's just not what we as an industry need. That is all going to get wiped away, right? And I think this, you're right, is sort of the first real sort of shoot to drop that clearly signals. I, I mean, at this point, if you are a smaller MLS, smaller association, and you see this happening, you have got to start having some real conversations in your board as to where do we go next, right? Because now it's very yeah, clear it's, I, what the rules I will say. I think it just goes, like I said, I think this will solve a lot of our issues in the industry. And and there's going to be less agents and, you know, adjust. And those adjustments are going to be hard right. for some people. Right. Um, but I think overall it's going to be positive for the industry for sure. I think so. And look, I, I spoke to a brokerage friend of mine recently who um, has a lot of agents, right? And he was like, you know what? Honestly, if we went to more of a W-2 type model, you're right, I think I would actually end up making more money. Because right now under today's system, he's not making any money from his real estate. He's making all of his money from affiliated businesses, mortgage, title, et cetera. So he's like, you know, if we actually went to a point where agents were getting paid by the hour, we have more certainty, and I could decide who to hire and fire. And he's like, I actually think I end up making more money. So I don't – I think we're going to keep fighting. I think fighting that's probably an edge case, but um, – we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But here's the thing. Yeah. I think – Here's what I believe. I think brokers and agents are really, really smart, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you only have a high school education. The fact is, if you've been successful, it's not about your fucking sheepskin. Right? It's about your practical knowledge and wisdom. I think these are really smart people. They can adjust. They can flex. They're good salespeople. And a lot of them are genuinely good people who just really give a crap about, like, their clients. They want to help the buyer. They want to help the seller. And I think they can adjust. What They just want to know, like, what is the rule? They just want certainty. Like you just tell me what the rules are and I will figure out how to make it work. So I'm not. What I'd like to know that. is in, in let's take an MLS, for example, and association owned or not, you know, how many, and again, you know, it's been cooperation compensation, right? Those are the two kind of, you know, pillars, so to speak. But if you, if now the MLS doesn't have to be involved in that, how many people are involved in, Settling disputes or looking at policy or changing rules or whatever that are regard to compensation. And now all that fucking shit goes away. Goes away. Yep. Right. I mean, so what is, what is that? What, you know, how, I mean, I don't, I don't know the infrastructure of MLS is enough to, to know that. I mean, but I, I got to wonder what, what, how many people in the house are that compensation pot? side to enforce to regulate to monitor to update to whatever 
What's the impact going to be as far as on on headcount on pretty huge on mindshare on mindshare too? What what now? I don't have to worry about now. What can I now worry about better? Mm-hmm. Is it more customer service? Is it more mm-hmm. products? Is it more whatever? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, there's got to be there's got to be a benefit to that too, right? Yeah, you, that yeah. mindshare for sure. Yeah, no, it's going to be huge, yeah. right? It's going to be huge. I mean, the average MLS has 160 pages of rules. And you read through it, and I'm, I'm going to say 150 of it has to do with this compensation thing. Yeah. Right. Procuring cause. Right? Just think about the amount of disputes and ethics complaints and all that shit. All that goes away. Right? Or it should go away. I'm not going to say it goes away because it depends on how abusive the buyer agency agreements are. Right. So I figure the trade off now is that we shift to a different place. So it's not going to be antitrust. You have the system, right? Because NAR will be more or less dead. You know, re, it'll be reborn as some private, you know, trade actual trade organization that cares about lobbying and professionalism and networking. Cool. Maybe it has 200,000 members right, when it's all said and done, right? And maybe you don't have two giant office buildings. You have one, and it's just a member service organization. There's nothing wrong with that. People would want it. They'll buy for it. They'll buy it. A lot of locals likely disappear because they just can't. It doesn't make sense to have a local association of 24 people. Yeah. Or if it is, it'll be volunteer. Well, especially when twelve. Well, especially if it now is down to ten. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's like you know, it'll be volunteer happened. run. It'll be like a bunch yeah. of brokers in rural Kansas say, "Hey, y'all, let's get together at uh, the bar." Right. Like that's there's right. nothing wrong with that socializing, networking. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. And the bigger ones be like, "Hey, we want to do more events, so we're going to keep a CEO and event coordinator and maybe some staff for a lobbyist." Right. But we don't need legions and legions of people, right? So I think all of that's going to change. Like I said, I feel pretty confident that the good people, the smart people, the company people, when we know a lot of them, whatever side of the fence, whatever side of the table they're on, they're going to be fine. I think they'll adapt. What we all need as industry is certainty. And I think we're finally getting the first hint of it. The next set of certainty will be the injunction in Sitzer. That's the next big shooter drop. Yeah, right? yeah. When Judge Booth finally says, okay, here's the injunctive relief I'm going to issue. That's not the end of the story because clearly NAR, they'll, they'll appeal it. It's going to go on and on. Yeah. They'll try. But, but, unless, but, but this is going money, to help. Right? Yeah, this is going to help because now <laughs> we know. Now we know. Because we Correct. could go all through these machinations Correct. and then all of a sudden Correct. the DOJ says no. Now, now there's a clear Correct. line here, so that's Correct. good. So every MLS board that's been talking about studying the N- Northwest MLS rules and studying the MLS pin settlement proposal, you can throw all that work right out the window and you're going to need to restart with, okay, we're not going to allow the seller to offer anything. How do we go forward from there? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, let's, At least that, that's know. our framework, right? That's, that's the our framework, framework we want to – Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's overall a positive um, – I'm sure there are a lot of people uh, who don't think it's a positive, who are hating on us right now because we're talking nicely about this uh, thing. But sorry, I mean that's intellectual honesty. Like we, we, I, I genuinely think this is a positive step for the industry. Uh, not so positive for MLS Pin. I ain't gonna lie. Not so positive for shareholders of MLS Pin. Not so positive for the plaintiff's lawyer. Uh, but y'all will figure it out. I mean, there's, there's I no way this goes to positive. trial. long run, it's positive. Long run, it's positive. But maybe not in this case. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So um, there's a lot more we could get to, but I think we got to wrap, man. It's uh, 
Yeah. We might have to do like another one of our special like live stream things and just you oh, know, God, it would be great to do stuff. that. We have to we have to plan that ahead of time. But gotta um, plan it ahead. Yeah. So listen, if you are watching this, I think this releases next Wednesday or so, and you want us to host like a live stream Q and A or maybe we'll find a guest. Maybe we could get Ed Zorn back on. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> and since we know the DOJ will be on the live, we could be like, Hey DOJ, <laughs> just raise your hand if you want to come on. <laughs> No, this Maybe is we'll uh, it, it'd be, like that. yeah. So this is going to be released, yeah, next week. And I know, um, just want to give a shout out to uh, the guys that are going to the CoreLogic Clarity uh, Executive Workshop in Scottsdale. Yep. I'll be there, and that's starting um, the week following uh, on Monday. So looking forward to meet that. Um, I'm going to make an announcement next week that we'll probably those guys Ooh. on that will know about not. Not a huge thing, but something. So I'll just tease that here as we go there. But um, sure, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in Scottsdale for sure. Yep. yep. And like I said, uh, so let us know if you want us to host something like that, and uh, we'll try and set something up. All right. Cool. Hey, uh, thanks everybody for Rob, listening. At yeah. congratulations here, man. I mean, you called it, and uh, it's it's great to be part of this as far as uh, um, and I think this is great in you know helping shape and influence. So um, who yeah. knew? Kudos. Who knew? (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Have a great one. Listen, content is everything. Two Brothers Creative makes it look easy. Right now, business owners really only have two options. The first option is hire a big firm. Now, this big firm is going to come in, make you think that they invented all the algorithms and start charging you thousands of dollars every month. You don't want to do that. Second option is to do it yourself. Well, that means you got to learn SEO, SEM, copywriting, marketing techniques on the web. Ugh, you should be really focusing on your own product. But now there's a third option. It's called content in a box. Give Two Brothers Creative 30 minutes a week and they'll handle everything. Plus, they'll show you how to bring it in-house later on. They'll rebuild your marketing foundation and give you tools and techniques and a new marketing playbook that'll actually produce real results and help you grow your business. Two Brothers Creative will give you the confidence and know-how to tell the SEOs and SEMs and all those other acronyms to get fucked. You're in control now. Get started today at thecontentbox.com.